Welcome to the Homeopathy for Mommies radio show. Your host, Sue Meyer, is a Catholic wife and homeschool mom of 11. She shares her knowledge of the study of natural alternative medicine with you. While this show is not intended to diagnose or name any disease, through her experience, Sue will share helpful information to help you further your study into the amazing world of homeopathy. And now, here's your host, Sue Meyer. Hello, and welcome to Homeopathy for Mommies. This is Sue Meyer. Today we are going to talk about drug addiction. Personally, I think it's a very sad and scary subject. And in reality, there's so many different types of drug addiction that I don't even know if we can cover them all here in this one little show. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you all the different things you can take to get over drug addictions, but I am going to talk about how addictions and drugs affect our world and our vitality. So, with that said, I'm going to start with the fact that I've learned my lesson as um, I'm not, again, I'm not a certified homeopath, but I do tend to help people when they come to me because they need someone that they can talk to and they need someone who knows a little bit about homeopathy and they need someone who can actually just sit and listen to them one-on-one. And I have been disheartened time and time again after I've gone through and I've, I've spent hours, actually days, because when I'm taking a case to send to the doctor or to work on, I always take the case, I type the transcript, I do the research, I study the remedies, and I come up with a, a plan to help this person get better. If it's something that's a little difficult for me, I'll always send it to the doctor that I work with. The point is, is I've been disheartened because what happens is very often people come to me and they will invariably be on some sort of pharmaceutical drug, whether it be antidepressants or thyroid medication or, or inhalers or whatever it is that they're on. I've, I, I used to be so excited. I used to think, I could save the world. With homeopathy, we can do anything we want to do. And it was so exciting because I know that's true. But you get this person, they come in and they're, they know that the pharmaceuticals aren't working. They're tired of being on these drugs. They're tired of not feeling good. They want help. So they sit down and we go through this. I do the research, like I said. I come up with a plan and at the last minute they'll chicken out. I can't do that. I can't get off my drugs. And I'll say, go talk to your doctor. Work with your doctor. They'll help you wean off of that drug. Oh, no, no, no. My doctor doesn't want to help. I don't think my doctor would want to do that. And I'd say, then get a different doctor. You need to get off these drugs or the homeopathic remedies are not going to be able to work like they're supposed to because homeopathic remedies will contradict the pharmaceuticals that are suppressing. If you're on drugs, it's going to contradict, like I said, with the homeopathic remedy because the homeopathic remedy is trying to heal you. The drug is trying to suppress things. So you have to get off of them. And I tell people, if your doctor doesn't want to work with you, get a different doctor. Because if your doctor doesn't want to work with you, he is no longer your doctor. He is now your drug pusher. So I'm dealing with people who are, in the first place, very vulnerable, not to mention addicted. So that makes for a very difficult situation. And like I said, I have been disheartened so many times that I no longer will take on a case myself where the the person is on prescribed drugs that they've been on for a long period of time. If it's something that's just being used as a quick fix for something, then we can clean them up and we can get them off of that. It's not a big deal. But I will refer those cases to other homeopathic doctors who have way more experience than I because there is help for these people if they're willing. And, And so anyway... I just wanted you to hear a little bit about that because it is very disheartening and these drugs are very addictive, even if they're prescription drugs. fact is the prescription drugs are probably far more addicting 
because the mental state that goes along with it is they don't feel there's anything wrong with it because it's been prescribed. They've been told it's okay to be on this drug. They've been, it's been given to them to help them. Well, if you go to your doctor and say, okay, doc, why did you put me on this drug? Is it going to heal me? Is it going to cure me? And the doctor will say, no, well, it'll, it'll hold those symptoms at bay. Exactly. It's suppressing the symptoms. So in other words, it's suppressing those symptoms, but something else is going to squeak out on the side. You know, that's why so many of the other antidepressants are actually one of the side effects is suicide. Because if you suppress that particular type of behavior or that particular emotion, what's going to happen? It's suppressed. Something else is going to squeak out that's far more horrific. And that's why it is with painkillers. You know, you suppress the pain. Pain is our body's way of telling us, hey, there's an issue here. There's a problem. I've got, a, I've got an owie. Fix me. You don't suppress that pain and think you're going to get away with it because then your body becomes dependent. It doesn't want that pain, so it becomes dependent upon that painkiller. And one thing people don't realize is that we talk about, okay, opium. Nobody talks about opium anymore, do they? No. It's the Papa Verace made from the poppy seed, and only the Chinese used that years and years ago. We don't use that. Guess what? The main drugs that we use in today's pharmaceuticals are all made from the poppy seed. Very highly addictive. And we've got morphine and codeine and all these really strong drugs made from that particular flower. That's why the, the remedy Papa Verce or opium can be extremely efficient in waking up the brain, waking up the senses, helping it to get off of some of the drugs that we're on. I had a gale in the other day and she had an old head injury. See, that's one of the remedies that I had given my daughter after her. she had her head injury. I waited almost a year before I actually gave it to her because I thought she was perfectly normal. I didn't think she was really having any problems. I, and But then I found that people who have been in a drug-induced coma or they've had an injury and they've been in a coma, there's a part of the brain that never really wants to wake up. You take that particular remedy and it's going to wake up the brain. So anyway, I had a girl in the other day who had taken that remedy, and she was just thrilled. She just said, after eight years, it's been since she had her head injury, she said, she said, I feel so good. I feel so alive. <laughs> that's what homeopathic remedies do. They help the body to cleanse itself. They help the body to wake up because we can get in a state of suppression. And, you know, we have drugs. We have nicotine. Nicotine tends not to suppress so much as to alter and our body becomes very addicted to that alteration. It's not going to mess up the homeopathic remedies too much unless it's something that the tobacco cancels or you take smoke or whatever or chew too closely to next to a homeopathic remedy. And oddly enough, there are homeopathic remedies that help you quit smoking. There are homeopathic remedies that help you quit alcohol. If, if you have tendencies towards alcohol, whether it be hereditary or you've learned to drink too much, there are homeopathic remedies that will help you balance so that the body is not so addicted to those particular drugs either. Coffee as well. There's homeopathic remedies that will help you get off the coffee. But I will tell you that so often people come and say, oh, that doesn't work. Those homeopathic remedies don't work. Well, you know what? It's really hard to know what you're fighting when you're not fighting organic. So when someone comes to me and they want to quit smoking, I'll say, I'll, absolutely, I'll help you. If you will start smoking organic cigarettes for six weeks before you come in and, and try to get some homeopathic remedy to help you. And they just look at me like, what? I says, you're not only addicted to the nicotine at this point, you're addicted to all the preservatives and the pesticides and things that are sprayed on that particular tobacco. And I cannot help you get off of those because I don't know what they are. You don't know what they are. So, but if you smoke organic or chew organic, then we know we're fighting only tobacco. And then I can help. I says, and you also have to get off the mint because we don't want that mint in your system either. And if they can do those things, they can easily quit smoking or 
easily quit chewing because then we know what we're fighting and then we can get find a homeopathic remedy that will help to balance that state and make the body want to kick out that particular drug. And the same with alcohol. You know, when you're drinking good alcohol <laughs> with no preservatives, it's way easier to get off of that than it is to get off the stuff that's laced with preservatives and all sorts of sugars and, and gobbledygooky stuff. Because we can become very addicted to sugar as well because it can, it, it imbalances the whole intestinal tract and we're constantly, the bad bacteria is constantly screaming for sugar. So once you can get off of that as well, everything else is easier. Our body is like a fine-tuned machine. And I tell people, you know, like you're eating GMO and you're eating things that our bodies don't recognize because they're chemically altered or modified. It's like, seriously, it's like trying to get your computer to run particular software that it's not been downloaded with. It can't. It just can't. You're either going to crash the whole thing or it's just going to sit there and look at you. So your bodies are the same way. Intricate, intricate machines. Far more intricate than we even give it credit for. My kids brought home some ice cream. Eh, We have delicious yogurt at the store, you know, (laughs) but they wanted something super creamy. They brought home really rock bottom quality ice cream. And you know, okay, fine kids. I'll have a little bit. I had a cup. I kid you not a cup of ice cream. I was so sick. And I told, I forbid the kids. I says, no more. If you want to bring ice cream into the house, you bring top quality, good ice cream. I do not want you to bring that other stuff in. I says, did you know that they actually are allowed to put, I can't pronounce proper propylene. (laughs) That's not right. But anyway, it's the equivalent of antifreeze into ice cream to keep it from freezing hard. The FDA allows that. And if you don't think that's going to end up making you sick in the end, if dogs drink antifreeze, what happens? They die. Why do we think it's safe for us and it's not for dogs? I'm not joking, people. We really have to stop and look at what we're eating because those things become very addictive to our bodies because they're so bad for us that our bodies tend to crave them. It's like our own little punishment, you know. <laughs> and then when we're overweight and our thyroid crashes and our adrenals say, whoops, not me, no more, I can't handle this anymore, we wonder why. Because we've been overtaxing our systems, and so everything's going to kick it out again. If you clean up your diet and get balanced, then you can get off all these other little addictions. And like even with coffee, it's kind of funny because I have been a coffee addict since I was 12 years old. I'm not joking. The biggest treat in my day was to get to go over and have a half a piece of toast and jam. And grandma would let us choose our marmalade or any other kind of jam that we wanted. And then she would give us a little tiny teacup of coffee. with cream, And we got to put our cream and sugar in it. And that was my treat. Because it was the company as well as the actual drink itself. But I became very addicted to coffee. Kind of got off it for a couple of years. And then when my dad would come over for coffee, when after I got married at 18, I would put a pot of coffee on for him. Before you know it, I'm making a pot of coffee every day and I'm totally addicted. That was 35 years ago. <laughs> and until we started running the store and I started drinking organic coffee every single day, I would drink, I kid you not, oh, I'm embarrassed, a pot of coffee every day. And now, it's funny because I'll drink a cup or two, but sometimes I don't even think to drink a cup of coffee until 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I've been up since 5 and I had, I didn't have my coffee yet. So just out of habit to go sit down and have my coffee, I'll do that. But the point is, is how addicted to the, to the preservatives and the pesticides was I, not just the caffeine. Caffeine is actually not dangerous in the sense that, unless of course you overdose in it, but it does tend to speed up the metabolism a little bit, wake up some brain cells. I had read that college students should have one cup of coffee in the morning with two spirulina capsules and a teaspoon of frankincense resin. They swallow, they can swallow the resin just like pills, you know, like little capsules because they're so tiny, or they can chew them. And if they take those three things, it's going to wake up the system. And they testing, Dean, was 
I won't even give the percentage because I don't want to exaggerate here. can't remember exactly what it was, but it was really high above what their normal test scores would be because it stimulates the system in a healthy, natural way and wakes up those little brain cells. Anyway, so there's good drugs and there's bad drugs. We have to get off the bad drugs. We cannot be addicted to those. And like I said, everything has a time and a place for severe emergencies, but they're extremely addicting. And that's why if you can use homeopathic remedies, you can get off all those pills. We don't even think about the fact that the old anti-inflammatory anti-inflammatory drugs can be very addicting because we our bodies stop trying to do the job themselves. They just say, hey, give me my pill so I can get this inflammation under control, the pain's under control. We don't even think about that. Blowing our liver, people. We need to get off those. In those types of situations, again, anti-inflammatory, I like to use homeopathic remedies. It can almost always get the situation under control. When you need extreme help, I like to take phenicaine. I carry phenicaine in my first aid kit all the time because if you have inflammation or pain, it's nice to get that under control for the immediate situation so that the homeopathic remedies can work better, get the person calmed down. And that's the phenol taken from frankincense, Boswellian frankincense. Perfectly natural. Frankincense is one of the best anti-inflammatories known to man. We don't utilize this natural knowledge. Hereditary disposition is huge when it comes to are we going to become dependent upon drugs or not. We suffer the sins of the parents. <laughs> or it could just be our own our own particular weaknesses. But either way, hereditary disposition really does factor in because we're all weak in particular areas and it does tend to run in families. But that's not to say you have to become victim to that. With exercise, good nutrition, and learning temperance, you can avoid any particular addiction. You don't have to be on these drugs. And what is it to be addicted? It, it just simply means that you think you have to have a particular drug, a particular stimulant on different occasions. So if you can walk away from something and say, okay, I'd rather have it, but I can walk away. You're not necessarily addicted. Eh, maybe a little weak in some areas, but you're not addicted. And I remember when I was addicted to cigarettes, I kid you not, it was horrible because it literally ran my life. Yeah, I smoked. <laughs> we won't even get into that. A homeopathic remedy helped me get over it without even one nick fit. They say nicotine is one of the strongest stimulants out there. And I walked away without even one nick fit. It'll be six years since I quit completely. I mean, I've quit 12 years once before and <laughs> went back to it like I never walked away. But the point is, is I went to organic and I took the homeopathic remedy. I set my quit date. I took the homeopathic remedy and I quit. I kept waiting for that nick fit to happen because when I quit for the 12 years, I actually had nick fits for up to seven months. I can remember sitting at work one day and I'm like, oh, it took my breath away. It's like I thought of a cigarette and I, th I said to myself, it's been seven months since I quit. I don't think I ever had any fits after that but I just remember thinking how addictive and how powerful that nicotine is on our system so by taking the homeopathic remedy when I quit the next time I was able to just my body was cleansed before I even put down the cigarettes for the last time and I was not addicted to them anymore and we can we can clean our bodies up from any pharmaceuticals uh, we've talked about you know if you're on antibiotics or other pharmaceuticals we can take the Nuxvamica, the arsenicum and the silica and those I like to take them as 6C potency those three remedies will help to clean up the liver and kick out any residual effects of any pharmaceuticals that you've been on assuming that you're not still on them because they're gonna it's gonna trigger the body to dump that stuff and clean up the system so if you've had to be on something take those things get rid of them 
But if you're on a current medication, talk to your doctor and say, hey, doc, I want to get off of this stuff so I can get on some homeopathics and get myself cleaned up and get better. And he's going to look at you like you're speaking Greek. So that's why so many people now, they're starting to lean to naturopathic doctors because they can help them. They're, they don't think you're crazy. Then they're willing to help you to get off any pharmaceuticals and get on the homeopathic remedies so that you can get off of everything eventually and be clean and healthy. And food, you know, like I said, you know, we're ta- I was mentioning earlier that food is extremely, extremely addictive. The MSG that you hear about all the time, it stimulates the brain cells to such an extent that they get so excited, so, so excited about the prospect of taking in more MSG that the craving can become almost unbearable. And that's why we have to be very careful about what we eat. Even in our store, I do carry a few items, like I call them instant foods that are not going to poison you, (laughs) like the the soups and things like that. And there, I am not proud, but there's some maltodextrin in a few of the items in our store. No MSG and no other, no high fructose corn syrup or other, you know, super dangerous drugs. They consider maltodextrin a natural ingredient, which that's to be debated. Anyway, I do allow them on the store, and I just call them the instant foods that when you're in a really big hurry, it's nice to have something you can whip up real quick and not have to actually cook something at that particular moment, but a lot of people like that. Um, I know I tell people you shouldn't eat them all the time, of course, but when you when in a pinch, it's, it's okay once in a while to have a treat, <laughs> and I call them my treat foods, my Sunday foods, but so much of what we eat today is not prepared or it's not raised in a healthy way. My new family member from Australia, <laughs> my daughter-in-law, she was so happy to get back to Australia. She says, and I asked her, I says, why do you think your food is so much better in Australia? She goes, you know, I can't even imitate her, her accent. But she says, I don't know. She says, it's just like your food isn't, doesn't seem nutritious. It doesn't satisfy me. I don't like the taste. I don't like eating your food. She said she would come to my store. She goes, oh, I loved your sandwiches. And she would always take one home with her. But she says, for the most part, she just wanted to get home to Australia because she said the food was so much more nutritious. And I think that's really interesting because we can start eating unhealthy and we don't even know the path that we're on until we try to clean up and then try to get off all those addictive foods. So just be aware of it. You know, eat organic or at least certified non-GMO. Try to grow it yourself if you can, whether it be the garden or your beef. You know, pay your neighbor to raise a beef or a hog for you or your chickens or whatever. Work something out. If people started doing this, you know, we would all have healthier food source. I remember one time, and I'm not joking you, I knew this lady, and she was actually, she was under um, the gag rule because she couldn't talk about the lawsuit, but her daughter had suffered kidney failure, and she was, because she lived near a hog lot. Anyway, in the course of the two years that I knew her, the gag order was lifted. She, I think she, I'm, well, she left, she won the lawsuit, but this hog lot that they lived near, the odor, the the ammonia that was put off the methane gas from this hoglot is what made her daughter so ill. Now, okay, that was across the field. It wasn't even like in her backyard. It was across the field. Her daughter suffered from just the constant odor and the methane gas from this, this hoglot. Now, imagine this huge hoglot, and these hogs are on these grates above this methane gas. Same with the chicken farms. They're raised on grates and all the fecal and urine, everything pass, goes down below them. And they're in it, but this odor permeates up. It's going to inundate their whole, their whole bodies. They say that some of this meat is so rank, by the time they butcher it, that's why they have to soak it. it. Because it permeates the odor of which 
in which they're living. You know, and you know, people say, oh, don't eat hogs, it's so bad for you. But you know what? A, a pork, a, God told the Jews not to eat pork because they were subject to parasites that could cause all sorts of havoc in the human body if the pork wasn't cooked properly. And today we understand all that. So anyway, but a, a hog that is raised in a good way on natural grasses and haze and in grains that are properly soaked. And remember they used to slop the hogs? They they did that because they soaked the grains overnight, breaking down that natural inhibitor on those grains. They fed the hogs. The hogs got the delicious nutrition from those grains. They were healthy. They were out rooting in the dirt so that they could eat the minerals and all the things that they needed naturally in their dirt. And they were healthy. It was healthy meat. A hog is one of the cleanest animals known to man. We they, they stink horribly. But if you have a hog and you have him in a big pen, he's going to sleep in one corner, he'll eat in another corner, he'll play in another corner, and then he will go to the bathroom in another corner. And a mother hog, so she will raise her little piglets, and that's exactly how she'll teach them to do those things in those corners. They're very organized, they're very intelligent, they're very clean, if they're given the opportunity. And so anyway, I just wanted to share all that because our food is huge, people. It's super huge. And if you ever visit one of these farms, they won't let you because they can't take the chance of you bringing in some sort of disease to their animals because then they would all get you know wiped out. But even working at the chicken farms, these animals are raised above their own their own manure. It's it's a dreadful situation. Like I said, that ammonia gas it it permeates everything. So think about all that. Try to get you know eat healthy foods. Eat things that you know are going to nourish your body, or don't eat them. <laughs> oh. Well, even my treats. You know, if you even look at your treats, you know, potato chips. If they're made with good oil and salt and no other bad stuff in them, that's an excellent treat for you because you've got the the good fats, the salt that your body needs because you've been sweating or playing hard. It's an excellent treat as long as it's properly made. So, with that. I guess I can close. I just want to want you to understand that I'm not trying to pick on anyone and because we're all subject. Every one of us. There's not a single soul on the face of the planet that doesn't have to fight some tendency or doesn't have to fight some weakness or doesn't have to fight, you know, some <laughs> um we all have crosses to bear, let's put it that way. But just so just practice your virtue of the temp of temperance and watch what you eat. Don't become a slave to what they're trying to make you a slave to. Just refuse it. Eat good things demand it. If everyone ate healthy, the FDA, all those big huge companies would go broke overnight because money talks. And where you spend your food dollars, that's what you're going to have available to you in a more rip manner. I know our little store people come and say, "Oh, these little stores are popping up all over the country." You know, like there's something wrong with that. I I said, "You know, if there were more a store like this in every town or two or three in every town, in one side of town or the other side of town that people could easily walk to." more of them would come up. And when people come into my store, they ask questions. They say, why do you carry this instead of this? Or what's the significance in this product instead of, you know, what I'm used to doing? And I take the time and I try to answer their questions. If I don't know the answer to that question, I'm, I'm honest with them. <laughs> I say, you know what, I'll look that up. Let's find that out. But the point is, is knowledge is power. And the more we go out there and we tell people about eating healthy and getting back to the basics, seriously, the things that not our parents i think our parents they were they're guilty of the fact that they assumed their children would carry on the knowledge that their parents had told them and knowledge is not transferred through osmosis folks you have to actually say it you have to teach it you have to tell it you have to live it and our grandparents and like i'm 53 
okay? <laughs> I had one lady ask me how old I was at the other day, and she said, oh, your voice sounds so young. And well, no, I'm 53. <laughs> and yes, I do have 11 children, and yes, I do have 25 grandchildren now. Totally blessed. We're very, very blessed and, and thankful for every single one of them. And yes, our family get-togethers are wonderful and vibrant and fun. Anyway, when people come into our store, I try to answer their questions. I try to make them feel... Like this is something that they can do so that they feel empowered, so that they feel in control, so that they feel like they can do it. Because it is so simple. Our grandmothers raised all their own chickens, all their own food. They washed and dried and ironed and it was simple. It sounds like a lot of work, but you know they only had five outfits. Well, a couple of nice outfits and some working outfits. They didn't have closets and closets full of stuff and boxes and boxes full of stuff. We overwhelm ourselves with too much of everything. If we could just learn to keep it simple, keep it to a dull roar, keep it minimal, and just live simply with our persons and our family and our home and even with our diet. Don't get sucked into the whole, oh, you'll love this, it's super good for you thing. It's super good for you if it's grown organically, it's natural, and it's nutritious and oh tasting good is a plus <laughs> not an essential but a plus <laughs> anyway I'll let you go with that I pray God blesses you and yours thanks for listening to this episode of homeopathy for mommies radio show please visit Sue on her website homeopathy for and join us right here at homeopathy for mommies Wednesday noon Eastern As always, we pray the Lord blesses you with good health, vitality, strength, and wisdom.